You're listening to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. Welcome back to the Sound Defense Alliance podcast. Today, we're breaking down the impacts of the Naval Growler Jet Program in Northwest Washington and how communities are fighting back. I'm Tara, and I'm here with my co-host, Caitlin. In this episode, we'll be talking about legal action being taken against the Navy regarding the impacts of the Growlers. Our guest on this episode is Paula Spina, who is a retired attorney, the co-founder and director of the Citizens of EB's Reserve, also known as CORE, and the individual plaintiff against the Navy in the state of Washington and CORE's National Environmental Policy Act lawsuit against the U.S. Navy over the Growler Jet program expansion at Naval Air Station Whidbey Island. She'll get us started by explaining why litigation. Why litigation? Well, the Navy, perhaps more than any of the other branches of the military, has a culture of believing that its mission to defend us is more important than what they are defending, which is us. They believe that they are the single most important part of our society. Civilians in the environment are secondary to their mission. They seem to have forgotten that taxpayers fund them and pay their salaries for the purpose of protecting us, of protecting our way of life and our environment. Our federal constitution provides for civilian control over the military, but since World War II, that concept has been whittled away. The military thinks it's in charge, not the elected representatives of the people. The cart has been placed before the horse. Don't get me wrong, our military is essential for the protection of our way of life. And that's why taxpayers spend more than the next 10 major military powers combined, including Russia and China, on our military for defense. That's why Congress has provided the military with mammoth military reservations for testing and training. The Navy has an exclusive aviation reservation at China Lake, California, with 1.2 million acres, for example. So why litigation? Because it seems that no matter how much Congress provides, the Navy always wants more. The millions of acres of military reservations provided aren't enough for them. They want unfettered access to train over civilian areas as well. And local politicians have been reluctant to step up and tell them no. The Navy is now threatening our way of life, the very thing they exist to protect. And nobody in a position of authority has been there to stop it, to help us. We've had to resort to the only arena available to us, the federal courts. Paula also breaks down the history of community action against jet noise, as well as litigation against the Navy in the region of Northwest Washington. The history of litigation, well, tensions between the citizens of Whidbey Island and maybe go back to the mid-1960s, when the Navy first brought jet aircraft to NAS Whidbey Island and started using the Coopville outlying field for their field area landing practice, the term FCLPs. Most people call them touch and goes. When they first brought the jets, people objected at the time, including the county commissioners. But back in the 1960s, there were no real recourses to fight what the Navy wanted to do. So the Navy brought the jets. During the Vietnam War, the area around the Coopville outlying field was literally treated like a war zone. After the war ended, the OLF became disused. Then the Navy brought the EA-6B Prowler to Whidbey, and tensions rose again. Another group, WISE, Whidbey Islanders for a Sane Environment, organized, and they objected to the Prowlers. 
private property owners sued the Navy for damages. That suit was ultimately settled, but the Navy required non-disclosure provisions in the settlement. The group I mentioned, WISE, had a big impact. They had close to a thousand members at their heyday, and that got political attention, which in turn got the Navy's attention. In the 1990s, WISE actually had a gentleman's agreement with the Navy that limited their training activities at the Kufu OLF. They weren't going to fly consecutive days. They didn't fly after 10 o'clock at night. They didn't fly on Fridays or the weekends. It was a compromise that the community, through its representative, WISE, and the Navy came to, and it lasted for a while. But then after a few years, a new base commander came in and the uh, gentleman's agreement was forgotten. One thing that you have to understand about dealing with the Navy, unless Congress signs off on something, agreements, even if the Navy does something in writing, probably doesn't mean all that much. Congress has to act. Anyway, fast forward to 2005. The Navy wanted to replace the Prowler with the EA-18G Crowler. Prior to this, the Navy had started to prepare a study about the Prowler impacts, and those studies are called an Environmental Impact Statement, or EIS. What that is, it's a scientific study of the impacts. So they should have done that before they brought the Prowler in in the first place. Of course, they didn't. They brought the Prowler in, public rose up in anger, part of trying to calm the public. The Navy announced that it was going to prepare its environmental impact statement. So they started to do it. They actually started to do it. They prepared a draft EIS. We have copies of it. Then they received comments from the public and they dropped it. They never actually finalized the EIS. Instead, they decided they were going to bring the growler in. Back to 2005, and now the Navy has decided it's going to replace the prowler with the growler. And instead of doing an EIS, which federal law, National Environmental Policy Act, requires, the Navy did a half step. They prepared an environmental assessment. And what that is, it essentially is a short document where they look at impacts and if they decide that equal to or less than the impacts currently from the current program, then they do not have to do the full-blown study. So even though they had never done an EIS and never completed the draft EIS for the Prowler, they bootstrapped that and said, well, the growler is actually going to be less impactful than the prowler. It won't be as noisy. For most operations, it will have less noise and less impact and you don't have to do an EIS for the growler. However, in that EA, they stated that one of the reasons it would be less impactful is because they were going to be limited to 6,120 operations per year. 3,000 touch and goes a year is what they said that they would perform. Well, the growler didn't show up until late 2010. And in 2011 and 2012, it was obvious to the citizens and residents of Whidbey that the Navy had lied. Not only was the growler much more impactful than the prowler, much louder, much noisier, because it had a lower frequency 
much more vibration than the prowlers ever provided. Not only was the growler noisier, but even worse, the Navy had promised in the EA 6,120 operations per year. In 2011 and 2012, they were performing upwards of 11 to 12,000 operations per year, not 6,120, 12,000 operations. And Corps was formed in response. And we filed our first lawsuit against the Navy in 2012, seeking to enjoin the Navy to fly no more than the 6,120 operations a year and to prepare the actual EIS required by the National Environmental Policy Act. Our Navy supporters on Whidbey like to crow that Corps lost that lawsuit. And technically that's true, we did. In court, the Navy represented to the judge, uh, by the way, who was a former Navy officer, that they were going to prepare an EIS for the growler and that they would limit growler operations at the OLF to 6,120 operations so the judge ruled against us and rejected our request for an injunction. So yes, absolutely, maybe one. But we got everything we asked for. We asked for them to prepare an EIS for the growler. They represented the judge they were going to do that. We wanted them to be limited to 6,120 operations per year. They agreed to the judge that they would limit their operations to 6,120 operations while they were preparing the EIS. So the Navy won, but really we didn't lose because we got everything we were looking for. The Navy did complete that environmental impact statement, but it didn't look at the impact of the growler jets from their introduction on Whidbey Island but rather continued to piggyback off the limited Prowler EIS and the environmental assessment on the impact of the Growlers compared to the Prowler jets. Despite not complying with the National Environmental Policy Act, it led to this. Then in 2019, the Secretary of the Navy entered his record of decision and authorized this Growler expansion based on the FEIS. At that point, it was pretty clear to the public that the Navy had made its decision about this growler expansion long before their first dog and pony show and that the EIS process was a sham and that they didn't care about public opinion. To make matters much worse, the Navy adopted its worst case scenario for the residents of Whidbey Island. Instead of 6,120 operations annually at the OLF or even 12,000 operations annually at the OLF, now they were authorized to fly 23,800 operations a year, four times as many as originally promised, making Central Whidbey truly a war zone. Well, we didn't sit on our laurels. And once again, Corps filed suit under NEPA, this time importantly joined by Washington's Attorney General Bob Ferguson's office. I have to give kudos to Attorney General Ferguson. Really, since the 1960s, he was the first public official that ever actually stood up for us and told the Navy, this just isn't right. Anyway, in 2019, Corps filed for a preliminary injunction, but the Navy played their national defense card and managed to achieve a private meeting with the judge and most litigation, you're not supposed to be able to have meetings with the judge without the other party there. But 
maybe he's treated differently than everyone else. Well, after their private meeting with the judge, we have no idea what was said. It's a national security secret. After that meeting, our preliminary injunction motion was denied. But we fought on with the AG and core and filed tens of thousands of pages of evidence from the EIS record. And on December 10th, 2021, the federal magistrate in our case issued his report and recommendation to the judge, finding that the Navy had violated NEPA. First time that any court has actually said that the Navy had violated NEPA and they should be held to the same standards as everyone else in following federal law. The magistrate cited four big areas where the Navy had failed to satisfy the National Environmental Policy Act. The four areas that he agreed with us on were fuel emission impacts on our air, impacts of the jet noise on childhood learning, impacts of the jets on endangered bird species, and in our particular case, the one we think that's the most important failing to evaluate reasonable alternatives where they could base these growlers and where they could do this training where it wouldn't have impacts on the environment and civilians. And the magistrate's report also was shocking in a sense. It gives us this now famous quote around our area. And and I'm quoting here. Here, despite a gargantuan administrative record, covering nearly 200,000 pages of studies, reports, comments, and the like, the Navy selected methods of evaluating the data that supported its goal of increasing growler operations. The Navy did this at the expense of the public and the environment, turning a blind eye to data that would not support this intended result, or to borrow the words of noted sports analyst Vin Scully, the Navy appears to have used certain statistics, much like a drunk uses a lamppost for support, not illumination. This was a huge win for the residents of Whidbey Island, for the environment, really for all the communities around the Salish Sea area. So what happens if they actually win the lawsuit? Corps and the Attorney General are not seeking money from the Navy for the damage it does to property values. And we're really not authorized to go after the Navy for health damages, peculiarity of the law. What we are seeking is to make the Navy comply with the federal law, with NEPA, the National Environmental Policy Act. So NEPA is a funny creature. NEPA doesn't actually prevent the Navy from implementing its plans. It just requires that they do a complete scientific review of all of the impacts of their plan or of their decision before they do the plan. If they do a valid EIS and they comply with the law and do a full and complete study, even if the study says they shouldn't do this action, if they want to do it, they can still do it anyway. But they have to, they have to do the full and complete study first. And you ask, well, what? If they can do it anyway, if if they could do this expansion anyway, as long as they did a proper EIS, well, how does that help anybody? So that's where we get into why the National Environment Policy Act exists. The power of NEPA is that it provides the Navy's supposed bosses, Congress, and the public 
with all of the information they need to decide whether they want to let the Navy go forward or not. So NEPA is actually ultimately a political tool. When the Navy failed to do a proper EIS with regard to the growler or didn't do an EIS at all when they first brought the growlers in, they deprived the public and our congressional delegation of the ability to look at this plan and decide whether the Navy's plan was acceptable or not because the Navy was hiding the impacts. So if the judge upholds the magistrate's recommendation, the Navy will have to go back and reopen the EIS process with regard to the areas that the judge finds that they didn't do a complete job on. The public will once again get to see the Navy's work and will be able to comment upon it again. We'll be able to file studies. So for instance, when they look at reasonable alternatives, they'll have to go and look at places like China Lake or San Clemente down in California. They can't just say, well, none of these places are acceptable to us, so we're just going to look at Whidbey Island. The Navy didn't want to look at alternatives because they like it here. They like it here for the same reasons all of the rest of us do. They like living in the Pacific Northwest. And granted, living down in the California desert isn't as charming as living in the Pacific Northwest. But some of the Navy's own documents that we acquired during the EIS, the original EIS process, show that there are other locations, China Lake, for instance, that are better for this type of training than Whidbey Island. Better because the weather doesn't cause them to have to cancel their training sessions fairly frequently better because there's no impacts on the environment. There are no orcas that they're endangering in the California desert and better because there are no civilians and no communities that they're damaging and no health consequences on the people that they fly over and no educational consequences for the children that are frequently in school have to have their classes pause while the jets pass by. So they didn't want to look at alternatives because they know they have better places for this training. We recorded this episode with Paula in July of 2022. And on August 2nd, the judge in the NEPA case ruled against the Navy, fully adopting the recommendation made by the magistrate in December of 2021 that admonished the Navy's environmental impact statement. It was found that the Navy's EIS and resulting record of decision had actually violated NEPA by one, failing to properly account for the greenhouse gas emissions, two, failing to quantify the impact of increased operations on classroom learning, three, not adequately examining species-specific impacts on birds, and lastly, four, avoiding detailed consideration to El Centro, the California alternative. We will have other episodes on this podcast breaking down these impacts of the growlers, massive CO2 emissions, detriments to children, and harm to animals. But this case is a huge win, and it's not the only litigation being worked on related to the growlers. There has been other litigation to force them to comply with the requirements of the Freedom of Information Act, FOIA. We've prevailed in both. In our first case, the Navy has already paid our attorney's fees, and that was reported in the Whidbey News Times which I'm sure didn't please the Navy all too much. They don't like to comply with the public's right to know, but that's not the law. They can keep national security secrets secret, but 
if it's routine documents or documents related to how they're training, the public has a right to know. They have to provide it. They don't like to do that. So we prevailed in the first case. They had to pass. We recently prevailed in the second FOIA case we brought. And that one was with regard to the Navy sound monitoring program. The Navy did not want to give us the information on how their sound monitoring program was set up. And they didn't want to give us the plan, the implementation plan. And we wanted it because we wanted to know whether or not their sound monitoring program was bona fide or whether it was bogus. Interestingly enough, three weeks after we filed suit against them, lo and behold, they provided us with the documents. And lo and behold, those documents showed that, yes, indeed, they played games with their sound monitoring program as well. The Navy just does not want to play straight with the public. Anyway, right now we're negotiating with them as to how much in attorney's fees they're going to pay us for the second FOIA action we brought. Corps is also actively exploring filing an Endangered Species Act lawsuit against the Navy. We're very concerned with the impacts on the marbled murrelet, which is a federally recognized endangered shorebird that growler noise is dramatically impacting, but also looking at how the growler noise impacts the orcas. Others have filed suit trying to protect marine mammals from offshore ship-based impacts, explosions, training, sinking things. We're looking at whether or not the growler has a significant impact on the southern resident orca, and we've been working on that for probably the last year. You may be listening to this episode thinking, Oh my gosh, this has been a decades-long battle. But as the judge's decision on the NEPA case in August of 2022 demonstrates, there is progress being made, and you too can get involved. This has been a battle, and we're making incremental progress. We're making so much more progress in the last two years than we ever have before. But there's definitely some things that the public can do to help us. Number one... The public needs to realize that the Navy has alternative places that they can train. So when the Navy whines, and I'm going to to say it that way, when the Navy whines about, well, Corps is making us do all of this. When the Navy whines, let's remind them, Congress has funded you with billions of dollars in funding. Congress has provided millions of acres of land for you to train on. You don't need to train here. You've got places to go. We don't want to listen to the whining. So get educated. The SDA has a great website. CORE has a great website. This battle is not just here, by the way. This battle is being fought all over the United States. Burlington, Vermont is fighting the F-35. There's a place in Wisconsin where they're fighting the F-35. Arizona, there's a group down there. People are fighting the F-35 in Boise, Idaho. So we're not alone. Realize we are not alone in this battle. And realize that there's a lot of information out there. And contact us. Contact the SDA. Contact CORE. Contact any of these groups. Get educated. Big thing you can do 
help us financially. All of these groups need financial support to keep going. And if you've got some time, volunteer. You don't need to know anything about it. We'll teach you. We didn't know anything about this when we first got started. I didn't have the first idea what a growler versus a prowler versus an A6. I had no idea. Well, we're pretty educated because we've been involved in this. So get educated, donate, volunteer your time. And one of the biggest things you can do, the biggest thing, get involved politically, vote. Tell our congressional delegation, make the Navy follow the law like everyone else. And then the biggest thing, growlers don't belong here. They're not just impacting Central Whidbey. They're impacting the entire region. They're impacting Port Townsend. They're impacting the quietest square inch over the Olympic National Forest. They're impacting communities as far away as Victoria, BC, and the Met Howe Valley. These jets don't belong here. Our politicians are, are listening, but everybody can get involved, write those letters, send those emails, make those telephone calls, educate yourself, send money. We can't litigate if we don't have the money to pay our attorneys and volunteer if you have the ability to do that. We're so grateful to everyone who has been involved in the gargantuan effort of the NEPA suit and hope that in the coming months, a solution around the Growler Jet Program can be brokered between the Navy and our community. In the show notes, you will find a glossary of terms you may not be familiar with from the episode, as well as resources related to the case and organizations that Paula mentioned, as well as links to ways you can get involved. Thank you for listening.